My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night Podcast. I'm Adam Catterall. Once again, it is a pleasure to be in your company. If this is the first time you've ever come across this, you can get it on iTunes. Please hit subscribe. Also, if you'd be so kind as to write us a, a review in, uh, in the comments section, it just helps with the visibility in the iTunes charts. More people get to see us, and obviously the more the bosses think that it's worthwhile as keep pushing out a podcast, and therefore we'll keep making content for you on a week-by-week basis. Uh, you can also get this, by the way, on TalkSport.com. Uh, if you need an Android feed or Spotify or whatever it may be, it's all there for you. Go get yourself stuck in. Uh, we had an action-packed show on Saturday evening. Uh, loads of guests came to join us. And, of course, the main topic of conversation was how they are dealing with this world health pandemic that is currently uh, affecting every single one of us. Um, we first of all spoke to the CEO of Matchroom Boxing. Frank Smith came on to talk to us about shows that they've got planned that currently can't go ahead. Welcome to the show. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, not bad, thanks. How are you guys doing? But yeah, we're all right, you know, locked away in the house, as, uh, as most people in the country are at this moment, just trying to uh, keep ourselves mildly entertained and uh, hope that the coronavirus clears off soon, so therefore we can get back to uh, normal business, and I'm sure you're thinking the exact same thing. I noticed today as well that, um, uh, that Matchroom have made a, a wonderful gesture towards uh, the staff, the NHS staff. If you want to tell us a little bit more about that, uh, Frank, because loads of people obviously on Thursday evening were out and about clapping the fantastic work. Uh, that the NHS staff are doing to keep us safe in this uh, horrendous time and Matchroom uh, are making a gesture once all this has uh, decided to go and you're back up and running. Yeah, for sure. It's just a you know a very small thing. You know, uh, I'm sure everyone wants to say a big thank you and we want to do, you know, do our part as much as we could. So, yeah, we do- donated 200 tickets to each of our um, Saturday fight night and pay-per-view events for the next 
or for the first 12 months when we're back up and running with shows. And as I say, you know, it's, a, it's only a small gesture, but everyone, I'm sure everyone wants to help as much as they can for the people who are out there doing the, you know, doing the most important job right now. No, absolutely. Um, I know these are unprecedented times and none of us have come across anything like this before in our, in our lifetimes. Um, as promoters, you're used to bumps in the road and various things getting in the way of, of making fights. Um, but how, how are you managing to cope during this particular time? Uh, not being able to plan, not being able to put things in cement, let's say, for, uh, for, for your fighters who are, I'm sure, are, are, are clamoring to get back out and fight and earn some money. Yeah, I think that's one of the toughest things because you you know you don't know when when things are going to change. You know, day, you have to take it day by day, really. So we can't. It's difficult to plan. You know, even for three months down the line because we've got to wait and see what happens. But I think uh, during this point, you know, sport as important as it is, and boxing as important as it is to us and everyone, it's you know it's such a it's so small compared to what's going on around the world. So I think. You know, the fighters understand that. The fighters have been patient and, they, you know, they're continuing to be patient. And, you know, we have to wait until we're told we can we can get on with, you know, with what we do. And this is the same. We work across 10, 11 different sports and it's the same in everything we're doing. So, you know, we, we want to get out there as soon as we possibly can. But we have to, you know, we have to wait and wait, uh, abide by the government guidelines. And, um, you know, as soon as we can get something going, be that in a studio, and, and start delivering content for people because we want to deliver deliver you know great great nights for people to watch at home. There's a lot of people spending a lot of time at home and you know need things to do and need things to watch. But um, you know that, that that's the toughest thing is we can't really give the fighters any info right now. Um, but but you know they've been they've been patient they've been good and I think no one you 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 know you can't turn on the TV or you can't go on your computer or your phone without seeing. The magnitude of this so as i say it's bigger than any sport itself no absolutely we've just been speaking actually about the olympics and how it would affect amateur fighters going forward but we've been talking on on the on talk sport throughout the course of the week about football and the football pyramid from premier league being very very different to league one and league two and the footballers and, and the staff that are involved in in those type of clubs and boxing's no different there's the top one percent that have uh, that do very, very well financially out of it. Uh, but there's guys on the smaller hall shows that rely on being active and getting out and about. Do you fear um, that maybe some of your young, up-and-coming talent, you know what I mean, that you've maybe earmarked for greatness in the future, might actually have to come away from, from the sport for financial reasons once this is all over because they've got to go and earn money? Yeah, of course, that's a concern. You know, like you say, the smaller hall shows, the fighters that, you know, build themselves up through the smaller hall shows, um, it's, it's going to be tough to come back through. You know, we're, we're working with our fighters. You know, we're, we'll get them a date as soon as we possibly can. Our younger guys, we're lucky. We keep, we, you know, we, we do close to 50 shows a year, so we keep a lot of our young fighters very active. Um, but yeah, it is, it is very concerning for the smaller hall fighters who come up through that route, you know, to and build their career through there. Um, that it's going to be tough to come back. You know, we've got a hundred and around 110 fighters. There's going to be a period, even when boxing and sport does open back up, where it's going to take a period of time to get these people back out there and get the fighters back out there um, and sort of follow that promotional cycle as they come through. So that is, that is a concern, and that is a concern for the, you know, the, the, the sport and all sport, as you say, football and boxing especially. Frank, good evening. How are you? 
Yeah, not bad. Thanks, Gareth. How are you doing? I've heard you chuckling away just before. <laughs> yeah, no, I was chuckling away to the Tyson uh, Fury uh, video on Twitter. Um, I, let me ask you about you personally. Obviously, um, like us, you're used to being on the move all the time, uh, on the road, very, very busy. Structurally, ha as a company, how are you dealing? Have you, have you created a structure? You're running a very, very big boxing empire. Have you cre created a structure around Barry and Eddie, uh, how you work at the moment? Yeah, as I say, look, we've got uh, you know quite a big team away from boxing as well. But I, I run the boxing side, so um, you know we're trying to we're trying to keep a structure. You know, we're having daily conference calls with all our teams around around the world um, to you know keep keep everyone updated on what the plans are. Try and come up with new ideas. You know, keep everyone active with work. But uh, but the truth is, we're an events business without events. So it gets to the point where. We've got on a lot of event-based staff who, you know, are running out of things now. So we've got to keep keep them active, keep them motivated. Um, you know, me myself, I'm I'm keeping busy. Got a lot of work to catch up on. But you know, it's going to be it, it's hard. Once, as you say, where where we travel every week. You know, we did 45 shows last year, and that was back to back nearly every weekend. So to just stop and not really have an idea of where you're going next, it's hard. I think mentally, and that's for a lot of people who, who, you know, who are out of work, not working now, mentally to keep that routine up that you need each day, get out, get out of bed and, and try and, you know, keep moving with things. Yeah, because I've estimated that it could be something like if you count Italy, um, the USA and the UK, you know, you could have kind of up to about 10, 11 events that are off. How are you personally... What are you doing in your hour of activity every day? Uh, I've actually been trying to go running with my girlfriend. Um, so she's, she's been trying to, she's doing this couch to 5K. So I've been trying to do that as well. I'm not the fittest person there is in the world. So I'm trying to, trying to do that and just go for a walk, you know, get out, get some fresh air um, and, uh, and, you know, keep active and trying to keep a structure throughout the day. So we tried to put a plan together. You know, I've been working obviously working still but put a plan together of the, the day and I've, I've been trying actually trying to keep the tv off all day until the evening because otherwise it's easy to and get your girlfriend stuck. of course well i said your girlfriend of course is emily eubank the daughter of chris eubank um i reckon she beats you most days over the 10k yeah <laughs> she beats me in most things you know she beats me in races <laughs> She, she, she has a go at me for eating too much food in the house. So, yeah, she, she's winning <laughs> most things in this household, to be honest. <laughs> Frank, Frank, just finally, obviously, the, the big show. I know you've got a lot of great shows that were scheduled that have had to be pushed back. But the, the big show was obviously AJ, uh, who live at Tottenham Hotspur. Everybody was excited about that. Now, with, with, with the way that football's going at this moment, we don't know when that season's going to end. What are the conversations that you're currently having? That show's looking quite likely that it's going to have to be pushed back and maybe not even take place in that arena. Is that right? Uh, look, we're, yeah, we're having lots of chats. Currently, you know, June 20 was obviously the date. We're, we're talking to Tottenham, uh, spoken to them quite a bit this week. You know, they, they've got lots of conversations going on around football, which are still up in the air. Yeah. You know, there's no, no real news there. Um, but we're, we're looking at uh, possible other dates we could look at. And, you know, if we, if we had to look at other venues, I'm sure we would. I think I think the key is because it's so you know it's such a, a fast-moving situation. You know we have to sort of take every day as it comes to see 
know, where we're going to end up with things. And I think we, you know, next week we'll uh, we will probably have some more news on on that show and what we're doing, um, as well as you know, our May shows as well. We've, we've obviously postponed mm. we've postponed about seven or eight shows already um, from March and April, and now we're looking into our May shows and June shows, and probably have news on those next week. Top man. Listen, good luck with the 5K. Are you out tomorrow? Are you having a little run tomorrow? A little trial? I'm, I'm going to have a little go tomorrow. Yeah, it's that cold air. Come on, Frank. Come on. Come on, Frank. You <laughs> can do it. <laughs> Gareth, if you send me a video of you doing it, I'll do it. So that's the British side of things taken care of. Let's go and talk to an American promoter, shall we? There is nobody better in the States than Bob Arum of Top Rank. Here he is. This is... Uh an experience that I never believed uh, would happen. I read an interview that you gave, I think it was with Ring Magazine earlier on this week, and you had me absolutely in hysterics because you were talking about, can you imagine if I'd have decided to have retired, being stuck in the house all day at home uh, with the wife? um, It would have driven you crazy. So therefore, (laughs) it just confirmed. Who would have have thought (laughs) that there would come a time where something like this would happen which would uh, really uh, demonstrate that I did the right thing by never retiring. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's like a death sentence, man. Uh, listen, it's good to hear you in, in such great spirits. How's it affecting um, the business? How's it affecting everything? Uh, we've been speaking about the guys at the bottom end of the, of the, of the pay structure in the world of boxing. The top end, the, one, the top 1% will always be okay, but the guys in the small hole... You know, they need to get out and they need to be active. So how's it affecting the top-ranked business over in the States? Well, again, you know, my business will survive. I'm not concerned about that. I'm concerned about all the fighters and the trainers, particularly, as you say, the preliminary guys who don't make much money, who depend on the activity uh, for... for, uh, they depend on the activity for a livelihood, uh, and I, you know they're going to have to find a way uh, to uh, get by. Uh, none of this uh, this so-called stimulus package that was passed really uh, helps them. So hopefully this thing will be over, you know, relatively short time, and they can all go back to work. Uh, but. Uh, you know, I get calls all the time. My people get calls all the time from fighters who just want to get back to to, to, to fighting. Bob, uh, good evening. Uh, nice to hear you. Um, um, I th- obviously, Las Vegas is in lockdown, but I understand you're in Los Angeles with your wife uh, in, in lockdown in your house there in Beverly Hills. Um, right. How do you... How, how do you um, deal with the very big fights at the moment. Obviously, um, uh, Kubrat Pulev and Anthony Joshua doesn't look likely in June now. Um, and uh, I tell my Tyson people, Fury. I tell my people to relax. I'm not going to be like our idiot president in the United States and say we're going to open by Easter and we're yeah. going to be back in action by. We don't know. We don't know. Everybody has to relax and we'll figure it out when we are getting near and all clear. Otherwise, to make plans now is counterproductive. 
Bob, you, you um, as Adam mentioned, you are a venerable 88 years old. You've been in this business for over 50 years. Um, uh, how do you look back on time? Do you see anything in your life that's reminded you of this scenario in any way, shape or, or form in your lifetime? No. The only thing that really sort of I recall where... There was a panic for a while, but it didn't last long because there was adequate testing was the HIV scare. Remember when that happened and uh, no fighter was allowed to fight unless he took an HI a test for HIV and the referee and they still do wore gloves and the corner people wore gloves. That was a scary time. But what we had then, what we don't have now, is testing. We had enough tests at the time, and the tests were apparently easier to come by. But anyway, within a, a, a really short period of time, everybody got tested, and that's how we got through it. Um, obviously, as you're saying, you can't kind of second guess what's going to happen in the next two or three months. Um, that event in July, July the 18th, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, the trilogy flight fight, doesn't really look likely at all now. But are you making any provisions to make that at the end of the year? Or also, are you potentially looking at a step aside at all to make Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua for an undisputed title later in the year? We are making absolutely no plans other than to, we agreed we were on a call with the BBC people and we all agreed to scrap July because we don't think it's going to be all cleared in July. And even if it is, you know, people may be reluctant to come to Vegas to watch the fight. So, you know, right now we're planning to do that fight uh, in uh, uh, the fall, probably October. God willing. And as far as any step aside and so forth, let Eddie Hearn talk about step aside. Until you hear something from the Wilder camp, uh, we can't talk about step aside because there is absolutely no indication that Wilder would be willing to step aside or should he step aside. And the same goes true for Pula. So, I mean, to speculate now what's going to happen and what you're going to do and or whether a fight's going to happen is very counterproductive. Let's all take care. Let's get rid of this uh, disease. And then we'll go back to doing fights in the normal way. Bob, with that in mind then, I'd, lo I'd love to get your thoughts on promoters, maybe not necessarily boxing promoters, but promoters in mixed martial arts that are looking to put on uh, events in the not-too-distant future, despite, obviously, all the health warnings that are currently going on. Well, I can't account for uh, the idiocy of my friend Dana White, who, you know, what else do you expect? He's one of the principal supporters of Trump. So whatever comes from Dana White's mouth has to be taken with a grain of salt. But do you not think, Bob, that, that 
any events can go ahead behind closed doors? Do you think they shouldn't at all? I don't know. I'm not a scientist, and I don't, I'm not going to arrogate myself to medical professionals. If there comes a time when we had adequate testing, where we could test everybody and do events behind closed doors, if that becomes necessary, I'll take my guidance from the medical professionals, not by people who are based on wish fulfillment, uh, like a Dana White, because I just don't know. And I know I don't know. And because I don't know, I'm not going to say, yeah, hey, we're going to do uh, fights behind closed doors. When the fight's in New York, the March 14th, and Mick Conlon's fight the 17th, when we realized there was a real problem with with uh, spectators, and we said, let's do it behind cold, closed doors. And then the commission said, well, how are you going to test the participants, the camera people, and so forth? And we had no answer for that. We abandoned that. Mm -hmm. So, again, I'm not going to make any kind of predict predictions, any kind of plans until I hear what the professionals, medical professionals, not boxing trainers, not boxing managers, not even fighters want to do. It'll be up to the medical professionals to tell us when we can go, how we can go, because otherwise we're just looking for trouble. Fair comment. Just finally, Bob, obviously we know what's uh, the instruction from our government here in, in the UK and what we're allowed to do. What's it like where you are at this moment? Are you allowed out of the house? Are you, are you only allowed out for a certain period of time? What, what's the no, situation? we're allowed out of the house because we live in a in an area which, you know, what doesn't have a high density. Mm -hmm. And so you can walk around as long as you stay uh, uh, six feet from anybody else, which you can yeah. do. Uh, and uh, the weather, you know, it's California. The weather is very nice. Uh, so, you know, obviously I would much prefer uh, to be now in a place that wasn't so nice uh, getting ready to do a fight tonight. Mm. Uh, but that's not to be. And so you make the best of it. Time to check in now with some fighters and how they're affected. On Saturday evening, Conor Ben was supposed to be back in action, but he wasn't. He was locked up, self-isolating in his house, but very kindly picked up his phone and came to chat with myself and Gareth. DJing tonight, are you? Are you, are you on the ironing board this evening? Are you doing a bit? No, Dad's not on the deck this evening. We're just um, we're having a quiet one. <laughs> We've just been having a little bit of a laugh of uh, how fighters are currently dealing with this and adding a little bit of light to everybody's shared. We've talked about Joseph Parker's dancing and Tyson Fury's fitness classes. I don't know if you saw it, Gareth, but uh, uh, Nigel and Connor took to the ironing board, not even proper decks. They, they were on the ironing board. Uh, Connor was uh, had the iron in his hand, letting off the steam. I've got it right in front of me, Ed. <laughs> I've got it right in front. D D DJ isolation and MC That's quarantine it. day That's two, it. and it was That's it. it was two plates turned upside down. Nigel doing the plates, and what is Connor dancing with? A blooming iron. That's it, mate. That's it. He's the he's the hype man. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. 
Well, that's it. In the in this, you've got to try and find a little bit of light in everything that's going on, mate. Whose idea was it? I've got a funny feeling it was your dad's, weren't it? No, it was actually my wife. <laughs> and she was like, "Go on, get get the ironing board out." And my dad was all for it, so uh, we thought, "Joe, we'll give it a crack." Uh, you got there's more to come. Right, I'm looking forward to it, mate. Listen, it reminds me, right? I'm I'm obviously of a certain age where I remember your dad DJing. He uh, went on a bit of a European tour. I was in Falaraki in about year 2000, and he was in there doing bits for real back back in the day, mate. So you know what I mean. It brought back a few uh, nice memories. Put a bit of a smile <laughs> on my face. So good times, good times indeed. Uh, now then, how are you? Uh, you were supposed to be out tonight. You're supposed to be fighting tonight. I know, obviously, it's very disappointing because I know that you were chomping at the bit to get out and do your thing. How are you ticking over, mate? Are you are you, are you managing? To, to work out at home? Are you just doing being able to do the road runs? What's the situation, fitness-wise? Well, obviously, I've been um, doing my shadow boxing and, and my road work. Uh, but obviously, you know, this um, corona's getting more and more... Um, well, it's really dangerous as it is. So I'm just yeah. going to stay indoors now and do high-intensity workouts indoors. Um, you know, just to, you know, do my bit and, you know, make sure that... Um, I'm complying with the NHS rules, so I'm just going to stay indoors and self-isolate uh, for the next two weeks or so um, and try and do some sort of workout indoors. Mm. It's not just the physical aspect of it as well, it's the mental aspect. I mean, you're quite an active young man. You like to be in the gym, you like to be working, you like to be obviously working towards something as well. The not knowing of when your next date of, of, of fighting in must be, uh, must be quite a challenge. Um, it isn't at all for me, really. I mean... Um, you know, fighters come back and say, oh, they've got ring rust, etc., etc. Um, I don't believe in that. I believe if you stayed active, you stayed working behind closed doors, there ain't, so, there ain't such a thing. I mean, um, when I had my hand injury, I come back better. When I broke my jaw, um, I had eight months out, I come back better. And the reason I come back better is, is because I'm grafting, I'm closing the gap. And in that, that, that time that I have off, I'm able to work behind closed doors. Whereas where I learn most, Connor, um, the funniest thing about the video uh, on Twitter was you wearing white socks and sandals uh, while you were doing the dancing. That's the look, and, man. And That's who, the look. I, I know it's the look. It looked like you guys had just been training, to be honest. I think we just got back from the gym at that time. Um, but listen, you've got to set the trend. Um, listen, socks and sliders, I mean, they're a thing at the minute. Um, just tell me, so... You know, you say you're working behind closed doors. Um, how are you kind of structurally doing the training? Are you, is, is dad on the pads? Are you, um, is he still working out? How are you doing it at the moment? Because obviously Tony Sims is working with you. Are you allowed contact with him at all at the moment? No, no, no contact at all. I, mean, I haven't um, done pads with my trainer for, I would say, about two weeks now. Um, but he sent me fires to study. I've literally just been studying Arturo Gatti. Um, Mickey Ward, Arturo Gay versus Ivan Robinson. Um, and these are the fighters he sends me through to study. Um, you know, while I ain't got a bag or while I ain't got a boxing ring, you can still learn and still grow um, in areas. And, you know, you can learn just as much from watching old fighters and, and things they do. Um, so when we do ready to kick off the season, um, I'll start implementing them in my sparring. It must be like two caged tigers with you and dad at home in the same building the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. Um, I, listen, <laughs> it's crazy because my dad came here planned on doing a tour. Um, 
for three months and he's he's been stuck indoors with me um, almost every single day. So um, it's a blessing to have him here though, man. I mean, he lives in Australia and I'm just making up for time lost when he's not over here with me. Well, that's it. I was just about to say that, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm experiencing a very similar thing with my young family, you know what I mean? They're always out and about. They're, you're taking them to various swimming, football, uh, martial arts and all that type of thing. And you, and you kind of, the day passes you by a little bit. When you're forced into this situation, you can kind of take a step back and start to maybe relive some of the things that you haven't yeah. been doing for a period of time or maybe so true. You, you used so to do true. as a kid. You know what I mean? You yeah, of course. But it's, um, when I was a kid, I, I didn't take it all in, really. And it's only when I've left home I've realised that I wish I was back at home. Yeah. It's crazy how life works, honestly. Um, and now I'm, I've sat down watching my dad's fight, me and my dad, for the first time today. I, for the first time, for as long as I can remember, I don't even remember sitting down watching my dad's fights with him and actually talking about what went on in those fights. His fights with Anthony Logan we just watched. Wow. And all his knockouts, he goes, Anthony Logan, he punched me 22 times in the second round before I knocked him out. And I went, how do you even remember that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, even things like that, that it's, like? it's nice what, having him over, man. Connor, what's that like, sitting down with him talking through that period of his life? Because like you said, you were a little um, boy first time around when that was happening. I, it's crazy because... Um, I don't. I see my dad as my dad. Um, I was speaking yeah. to David Hay earlier, and he said to me, you know, basically my dad inspired him with the fighting mentality and you know the knockout style. And I was like, man, it's so cool when you hear people you look up, I look up to, yeah. talk about my dad like that. And then when yeah. I'm sitting down watching these fights with my dad, it's like, man, my dad's a G, you know, an upper <laughs> taste G. So and and to me, it's just my dad. So it's crazy. So it's, it's a it's surreal. He was a decent DJ as well, mate, by the way, just to let you know. Well, I, 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 hear, I hear mixed reviews. <laughs> <laughs> He's, listen, take it from me. He was all right. He provided, he provided a dance floor. That's all we needed back in, uh, back in the late 90s, mate. You know what I mean? Um, so have you, so have, you got, have you got a little watch list of fights that you... Obviously, we're going to be quarantined for quite a while. Have you got a watch list of fights that you're going to go through? Um, obviously, not all of them ended with him winning. Are you going to watch most of them or not? Well, my dad, um, sorry, not my dad, my trainer's going to send me through fires every day um, to watch and to study. Um, so, and I'll just be watching those fires. He'll send me through styles of fires that are, are quite similar um, in ways. Um, and if I throw a shot this way, he'll say, Connor, see how you throw this shot? You've got to try and roll out this way afterwards and finish on a, um, you know, free punch combo and things like that. So he really is teaching me. Um, and you know that's the that's the thing about a great trainer is mm. um, they're not just good on pads, they're not just good at talking to a fire. You know, all round, even not being there, being with him, he's still teaching me, and I'm still learning um, without even being with him. So um, you know, that's a credit to a good trainer. Yeah, it's good to hear, man. Listen, how's the beard coming on? <laughs> I've shaved it oh, off. I've gone, for this, I've gone for this skinhead look at the minute. But listen, listen, no mate. Yeah, mate, 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 mate. <laughs> when when I come out of quarantine, when yeah. I come out of quarantine, yeah. you are gonna have beard envy. Trust me. <laughs> All right? Trust me. I'm gonna be combing the beard next time I'm with you on Talksport. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm sure you've seen the rumors that Liam Williams is next in line for a shot at the WBO Middleweight Championship of the World. The holder currently is Demetrius Andrade. They were very, very close to coming to a deal. The purse bids were out. We were two days away. Then everything went into lockdown. So this man is obviously not only dealing with trying to keep himself physically fit, but mentally focused as well because he knows his next fight is a world title fight. We caught up with a man known as The Machine on Saturday. Listen, how are you dealing with this? Because being in your presence, I know that you're active, you love being in the gym, you love doing your workouts, pal. How are you dealing with everything that's going on at the moment? Oh, it's, it's stressful times for everybody, in it? But, um, you know, you have to try and get on, get on with it the best you can because it's difficult for me, worse than most people, to be honest with you, because I'm one of these people who can't stay still. I constantly have to be active and um, I've just been pacing on the house, driving myself insane, but... You know, just doing a couple of runs and I got a road bike. I've been riding that every now and again. Um, just, just trying to, just trying to keep active, really. But obviously, limited the more I can do. You know, so hmm. it's it's difficult. But you know, it's not just me. Everybody's in it together, and they. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. And obviously, you're in you're in a period of time in your career now. Uh, where you know full well you're the mandatory challenger. You're next up for Demetrius Andrade and that WBO uh, middleweight crown. You're in the process of negotiating dates and locations and various things like that, and all that's on hold right now. So not only from a physical point of view, because I know you like to stay active, but also from a mental point of view as well, it, it must be quite a difficult time for you. Yeah, definitely, because um, be- before all this come about with like you know, the lockdowns and whatnot, it was like they were literally, I think, they had two days left to finalise a deal um, mm. for the fight, you know, uh, the purse bids had to be in and whatever. So, um, yeah, it was, it was literally just about to be made um, a come to a deal of who, obviously we'd have had to wait to see who won the purse bid, you know, promote as we would have held the show, um, where it was going to be, um, obviously money and all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, very frustrating to be honest with you because, I, I, I thought I was going to know the next day or the day after maybe when all this come about and everything had to get put on hold. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a pain, but as I say, everybody's in it together. So just coping with it the best I can and um, 
hopefully it'll be all over soon and we can get cracking and get back active again. Yeah, evening, Liam. Um, the, 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 the talk, of course, was that it may well have been under these purse bids with the WBO at uh, Providence, Rhode Island, maybe in June. But you've also had to move back from Sheffield. You're in, you're in Wales with plenty of mountains to run up as well. So I imagine there's a lot of hill work going on for you right now, isn't there? Yeah, I've been, um, obviously I'm back in Wales, I'm back home. So, um, you know, I can, I can still, like I, can, I can go for good runs, I can go for mountain runs and stuff, but I don't, I try not to run every day because you just ruin your legs, you know. And um, so obviously, like, it's difficult because being back home with no gym to work out of, it's just like it's all riding a bike or, or running. And I'm limited with that because I have to have a day off here and there because, you know, just running my, I'm running my legs into the ground. But, um, yeah, you know, there's obviously... I've been doing my fair bit, just even in the house, just dropping down, doing press ups, sit ups, and um, I'm I'm going off my head to be honest with you, but we'll be alright, well, I'm sure. Your 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 trainer Dominic Ingle is a very creative guy. I'm sure he's giving you uh, a, a lot of instructions, um, and that you're in constant uh, contact. One of the things that you're raising now is what we talked about earlier in the show, which is. You're like you say, you're hyperactive. I am myself, um, the, and and you're a very kinetic person. You live to move, if you like. Um, yeah. Is is there is there anyone you can reach out to, um, to kind of talk you through that? Because the mental health suffers when you can't do that, and you do sound a little bit down, if I might say. Yeah. No, to be honest, I'm just a bit tired, but um, no, I'm I'm good. I'm, I'm in a good place, but. Um, Obviously, just a bit, just a bit fed up of all this crap, you now. And uh, obviously, I live with my parents and stuff. Um, I haven't, I haven't been able to see my little girl for two weeks, which is a bit crap, you know. Mm. But um, I suppose that you know, staying safe and healthy is the main thing that comes first. So um, absolutely, I'm in, co- I'm in contact with her every day. Um, I probably sound so down to be honest with you because I'm just, I haven't, I haven't done anything today. I've just been lazing around on the settee watching, um, watching. Netflix series and stuff. So uh, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing nice. wrong with that. You will, you will get fed up of that. It will come. Remember when Ricky Hatton used to go between fights, and he he used to get to it. You'll get to a certain weight or a certain time where it'll just kick in again, and you'll want to do it. I'm sure. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I've been trying to, obviously not with my weight as well. I've been trying not to to blow up too much, but again, from that side of it, it's difficult because. I'm in the house. I'm doing nothing. I'm walking back and checking the fridge every every ten minutes, thinking it's going to be something. <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be something new in there, which weren't in there ten minutes. Can I just when... four four words, Liam? You are not alone. Yeah, yeah. we're all is, doing it. We are. I wake one. up at three in the morning and go to the fridge, and there's no ice cream in there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's just a magnet towards it. Just it pulls you towards it. <laughs> And I, 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 I'm I'm oh, a grubber dude. anyway. I love I love food like so. Oh, <laughs> Mate, I think that. this is the I think this is the only time in my life that my daily routine and Liam Williams's daily routine will be very very similar. Do you know what I mean? I'm quite I'm, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like we're on the same page here, buddy. Yeah. Listen, let's I'll, I'll, I'll drop, I'll I'll drop down and do I'll drop down and do fifty press ups. Then I feel like I've earned the right to go and get good luck to the fridge. 
Good lad. That's what it's about, yeah. <laughs> Listen, so, talk to us about Andrade because that is next and that's where your mind should be at. That's what you should be focusing on. What do you see in his game that you can take advantage of and get your hand raised and become the WBO middleweight champion <laughs> in the world? Yeah, you know, I've seen a number of things. Um, mainly, I, I believe he can be very reckless. Um, you know, and he's he's obviously got his, his good attributes. You know, he's, he's tall, he's big for the way he's a southpaw. Um, you know, southpaw should be drowned at birth anyway. So, um, they're just hard work and they've, uh, you know, he's big and he, and he is very skillful. So, well, I've definitely seen a lot of things which which I can de- definitely um, you know work on and and expose him. So I'm excited. I, I I'm not bothered where the fight is going to take place because mm. I honestly feel like I'm going to go and do a number on him. And I'm going to stop him anyway. So um, well, the the way you fight him presumably is intensity, work rate, and pressure. You know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I don't think um, if you watch Andrade. I picked up on quite a few of his fights. He's very, very good for four or five rounds. Yeah. And he just, he starts getting reckless and um, like, I don't know, he's he, he just not, for me, he's not creative enough with his, with his attacks and, his, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and I don't, I don't know how hard he punches, obviously, but I don't think he's got massive punch power, but he fights like he's trying to knock people out the big swinging overhand left somewhere ever um, and I just think a lot of times he, 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 he comes with the wrong tactics and as long as I come in with the right tactics I believe I'm going to smash him and by coming through can that, you just uh, tell us sorry sorry Adam you go ahead no go for it mate no no go for it go for it go on no no I've got I've got a, listen when this conversation finishes Liam when yeah. you open the fridge yeah when you open the fridge <laughs> What is in there right now that's grabbing your attention? What are you doing? Are you going to try and put pictures of uh, Dimitris Andrade's face all over his uh, food so therefore he stays off? Right. Is that what you're trying to do? I'm, I'm, I'm just going to open the fridge and tell you. Good lad. Go on. This is a new... What's in the fridge? What's in the fridge? Exactly. What's in the fridge? Talk us through it. Talk well, us through I got, what's in the fridge. There's four shelves in my fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> three, three of them are full of uh, canned cider. Oh, here we go. There he is now. Here we go. <laughs> I'm only joking. There's no one in there. Uh, nah, to, to be fair, it's quite healthy. i got just a lot of fruit up top, apples, oranges, whatever. Uh, couscous, yoghurt, salmon. Oh, uh, it's all healthy stuff. You're, in, you're all right there. It's pretty good, to be honest. It was normally you're worse. all right there. Mate. You're all right. There's no cheap foods in there. There's no chocolate and biscuits no. and all. That. Well, not that you keep biscuits in the fridge, but yeah. there's no. This sounds really good. You can eat yeah, as much as you want that, that kind of is, stuff. Uh, white chocolate milky bar yogurt. Oh, that sounds good. Another man on the cusp of announcing his next fight was Josh Warrington. World title unification at Headingley. Imagine that. Stadium fights in Leeds with this man on top of the bill as something else. And especially with it being a world title fight, it would have taken his career to the next level. It's on hold at the moment. So I had a chat with Josh on Saturday evening to find out how he's feeling. Put myself on sofa, was watching, uh, was watching a bit of telepal. Talk to me about self-isolation this week, especially with two little ones in your house, pal. Are they run, running you ragged or what? 
Oh, absolutely manic, absolutely manic. I mean, obviously weather's been nice for the majority of the week, so uh, it's been nice to just get out in garden and uh, and go for that once a day walk and all that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, you've you've got to look at the positives of it. You know, to be honest with you, it's, it's just been nice to just just spend time with him and uh, um, and yeah, just the run run rings around us but um it's all good fun isn't it it's all good fun because you know i'd be complaining if i were in you know camp that i don't see him so uh you just gotta uh, really soak it all in how are you keeping in nick is is the gym open or not or, or is it just basically road work that you can do now and that's it i thought in nick i'm not, I'm not locked up adam <laughs> i'm not in that, not in a sentence <laughs> no no I've, I've got keys i've got like i said to you uh, last time about having a clean and i've, I've also got my own gym now mate so uh You're big time now aren't you big time, mate, proper big time it's only half a mile away from my house as well so i've got the key and i can go around there lock the door behind me and, and, and do a bit of work inside there um Obviously, like I say, what weather being nice, it's been it's been good to get out and get on the road as well. Yeah. But I'm just I've just gone into a bit of a ticking over stage at this moment in time because um, you know I, I, I've been training for more or less first week of January um, and, and and training hard as well. And you know who knows when we're going to get out again. Um, I think we were looking at towards end of May, early June, and now that's you know possibly. Well, highly likely that's not going to happen. Mm. Um, so you've just got to keep maintaining, you know, keep an high level of fitness and that, but you don't want to do too much. So when you do come into camp, that you're you just burnt out and you're mentally, you're mentally tired, you know? That, well, that's the big thing. I mean, you're a physically fit fella anyway, and getting the fitness back shouldn't be a problem. It's, it's the mental side of it. Keep it. Because like you say, you don't know when you're going to fight. Normally, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there? Normally, there's a, right, there's a date there, and I'm working towards that. I'll peak at this moment, and then and an opponent, so you know what the crack is. This one, you're like, well, what's the score? I don't know what the score is. Yeah, well, this is it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm self-motivated anyway. So, you know, I get, I get myself like, for instance, last night, right? I said to, I said to Mrs. Uh, I says, you know what? I'll be back for for the for eight o'clock for a little clap, and then I'll go back. To, I'll go back round to the gym. So I kind of, that's what I did. I went into the gym around six o'clock, started working out, and then got to about, I don't know, ten to ten to eight. I just took my gloves off, jumped in car, drove round to to um to house got out stood on street clapped for a little bit you know clapped for a minute or so and got back in car and went back to gym and <laughs> I, I you know cracked on with my workout but you know whilst i was in there it was just me and music and i'm, I'm training away and i'm thinking to myself you know how, how long have I got, should, should i keep this up like obviously yeah. you've got to peak for a certain moment but also i don't want to begin to a stage where you know we all this clears over and then we start a 12-week camp and, you know, we've we've got a date. It's like, bloody hell, I've, I've been training non-stop. I just want to give myself a bit of a break. It, so don't get me wrong, I, I probably will be excited for when camp gets announced and when we get, uh, when we get a date to focus on. But it is just a physical thing as well. You know, you don't want to be training too much. So that, like I say, you, 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 you peak too early because that, that's what you do. You, you, you train for that one night, you know, all for that 36 minutes. Especially... With it being, I mean, the, the hot rumour is, and I know that you spoke about it in the past, that it's going to be a unification against uh, Kanzu. And yes. there's lots of chat of that being in, uh, heading Lee and what have you, mate. You know what I mean? So it's a big, big night. Like you say, you've got to get it right. 
Because it's um, you know it's it's not like just a, a takeover fight. You know, it's the biggest fight in my career. Um, you know, like unification, multiple baubles on the line, and yeah. uh, ring magazine, and and, and, a, and chance to prove myself as as a solid number one featherweight in the world. You're going into legacy territory when you when you start having fights like this, and uh, and and yeah, you've, everything's got to be to. to um, to tea, you know, you can't be, you can't just play it. You've got to really peak at that. But then, when I have a bit of a sulk and I'm, I'm carrying on and thinking, oh, that's just typical because it, you know, it happens to me. But then I've got to think about other people, other athletes, you know, as we're, we're further down the chain and we're, we're relying on the next payday because you know the next fight is the next payday or, or Olympians, for instance, who were. Yeah. Oh, we're waiting and they're training they've gone through all these competitions all these world championships and they're, they're waiting for Olympics and you know they've, they've probably watched the clocks uh, tick 12 and come into 2020 thinking this is my year this is my year and all of a sudden it's like bye bye until next year so it's um, a lot of people are a little bit worse off than than, uh, than, than myself so I've just you know I've got to just get me head back on and, uh, and put a smile on my face no, it's good to keep that perspective, man. Are you are you running out of stadiums, by the way, in Leeds to fight in? Is that what it is? Are you going yeah. around them all? No, you know what I keep saying. I keep saying this is uh, this is a bit of, probably the last one in Leeds. You know, I said it I've ten times at the um, first direct arena. Um, I've done Ellen Road. It'd be um, Edinley. Oh, apart from I don't know, maybe we could squeeze it at John Charles uh, Leisure Centre. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I think I think this would, this would be it. I think if. Uh, you know, well, technically, there's two Edinleys in there. There's there's cricket, and you could do rugby as well. There is there is a cricket side, and then the boys the boys from the cricket side have said to me, "Oh, are you going to come and do it on the cricket pitch as well?" But it, it probably would it probably would be good. But I think that done done the rugby side, done Edinley, and then I think that'd be it. But we wanted to go to the States, man. Yeah. I've been seeing it for a long time now, and when it's one of one of the reasons why I ended up going back uh, with Matt Truman and Eddie Earn is you know. He's got great um, contacts in the States and he's doing a lot of things over there now. So, you know, that'd be something that uh, I'd be looking at for sure after getting through the next one. Joe Summit, following Fury in, in America recently, especially for the Wilder second fight in Vegas, it yeah. felt like a football atmosphere. And there were moments in there that I was sat there and it reminded me very much of what Ricky used to do when he took over fans for Pacquiao and Mayweather. You've got that following. Your lot yeah. at MGM or something like that at Mecca, an absolute din in that place. It'd be unbelievable. Yeah, that's this. Well, this is it. I, I, you know, I'm following your stories on social media, and you know, I'm following other British journalists who were out there and and seeing it all unfold and thinking to myself, "Wow, that's you see that stuff. That's uh, once in a lifetime stuff, is that?" And I've got a lot of pals who will come to my fights who've been coming since day one. Yeah. And like they turn around and say to me, "Listen, Josh, if you get you fighting in 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 states, whether it be Vegas, whether it be New York, he says, you know, they all say they'd be, they'd be there for 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 two weeks of it. They'd, be, they'd have to, they'd have <laughs> two to be weeks? there. Two weeks, you know, man, that's, a hell, that's, that's a proper do, that, that isn't it? It is a proper do, but I've got pals who, uh, you know, the, they might have to even include the misses in in the journey. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, they said, you know, a few of them have, have sat down and explained what, why it's so important, and and they say, you know, it's not often that you meet somebody who, who goes over to to fight in the states and and, yeah. and, and headlines a show over there. It, it'd be absolutely massive, and you know, they've said to me, listen, we're there for everything. We get crashing the press conference. We come into open workouts. We come into weigh-ins. We're doing it all, and you know, some of them have said, I've I've got a credit card waiting. There's yeah. five grand on that ready. 
it's ready. I could spend it on a load of new clobber. She wants to go on holiday, but I'm not. I've told her no. It's for Josh's fight only. And do you, know, do you know the one is there, right? Because for something like that, you kind of need the, the right dance partner. And the more I yeah. speak to you, the more I speak to Shakur Stevenson, for example. Him, you and him, especially in New York, because I think he's a New York resident, it, yeah. it, it'd just gel. That at Madison yeah. Square Garden or something, it'd just work. Yeah, I mean, uh, that'd be uh, that'd be something special. I mean, he's he's he's, he's surrounded by a load of uh, fellas who were blowing smoke off his backside. He's got likes of Terence Crawford and Andre Ward, and obviously they'll be able to sell his profile and make him. You know, obviously he's he's a former Olympian, so yeah. he's got that to ride off of. And I think if we had a fight like that, went over there, beat him up in New York, and then it'd be like, right, who else is there? Who can I take to? Who could have a coach in Vegas? You know what I mean? And I'd have burst onto the scene there. People would be saying, oh, look, there's Josh Warrington with his crazy Leeds mob there. <laughs> Smashing up the hotels and things. You know, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be folktale. And uh, like you say, after then, I'd be just looking at it, get it to any, any any big fight, legacy fights, you know, potentially move up and uh, be a two-weight world champion. Absolutely, man. Listen, how are you coping uh, without the footy? Do you know what? I thought, I thought you were going to ask me about that. You know, it's you typical. Know I, uh, mate, because they're all talking about cancelling season. They can't cancel season on you now. You're nearly there, aren't you? No, well, it'd only happen to Leeds, wouldn't it? It would only happen to Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> I put a post out of a week saying AFL's corrupt and this is all down to AFL. But, uh, you know, it would be absolutely typical um, something like this happened to Leeds United. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It's I don't think they'll cancel it. I don't think they'll cancel it. They can't uh, cancel it, man. There's, it's easy to just readjust next season rather than just write this one off. I mean, like you said, there's relegation. In Premier League, there's champions to do. There's Champions League. There's relegation. There's obviously your promotion and what have you with West Brom or maybe Fulham will get in there. You can't just bin it off. And not only that, Adam, as well, um, you know, the, the championships are weird, weird league. So teams who were looking to potentially get relegated and fight relegation and may just survived that next season. They just seem to like gain a bit of momentum and yeah. and and that's what uh, bothers me because Leeds were were flying. They were flying. We'd gone through our rough patch. Yeah. We'd gone through our Patch and and teams like Fulham or sat third are kind of just just starting to go through a bit of a bad patch. But now they've had a chance to recover mentally, physically, and if it does, you know, relaunch and the finish off the season, they're gonna have a bit of momentum behind them again, and, and it's like them starting from fresh. So that does worry me a little bit. But hey, oh, we'll see what happens, our kid. We'll see what happens. How's your dad getting on with isolation? Is he alright? Um, yeah, he's all right. I mean, uh, he, he normally likes going down to Asda. That seems to be a social club. He lives about like 0.3 miles away from Asda. And honestly, I'm, I'm not joking. Anytime I go out and about, somebody says, "I've seen your dad." I don't even have to. I don't even have to like guess where. I know where they're gonna say. Oh, I've seen your dad in Asda. Yeah, I was talking to him in Bread Isle. Yeah, he's sound. Yeah, he was saying that he might give me some ringside tickets or something. <laughs> Obviously, all these tickets and stuff, but yeah, he's he's, he's just obviously keeping himself isolated. So, um, you know, he's, he's I phoned him over there. I says, "What are you up to?" 
He says, I've, uh, I've built a garage in, in back garden. I said, right, what have you put in there? He says, well, I'm going to put uh, bits of, a few pictures on wall of my caravans, uh, a, few, a few fishing pictures and all that. I says, what about some memorabilia? He says, no, oh, there you go again. There you go again. I says, what are you talking about? He says, I've got enough pictures of you in my house. I, you know what I mean? I don't want any more pictures. I don't want to be filling my garage with pictures of you. I said, well, well, calm down. You could have some like some other sporting pictures, some of your own favourite footballers or, or boxers. Ah, no, it's all about you. It's all about you. And then he just put phone down on me. So, uh, <laughs> Fishing yeah. caravan. Lads champion at world. Don't want him in garage. No, no, no need for that. That's it. He's like a man cave. Now, whilst we're all self-isolating, we're going to need some stuff to watch. So myself and Gareth picked our favourite fights this week for you to go check out. The main event of the evening, Michael Bisping versus Anderson Silva. Good work from Bisping covering distance here. He's taking his feet with him as he's stepping in, which is very important. And good shots from Bisping. Anderson looked wrong for a second, but he's fired up. Bisping found the target very nicely indeed. Oh, and again, oh. Anderson goes down for a second. really getting behind Michael Bisping. They know how much it means to him. One low kick, Michael Bisping. Oh, big head kick from Mike Silva. Kick. He's pushing forward in typical Anderson Silva style. There's the tie clinch. Oh, Bisping oh, 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 jumping knee. Michael goes yeah, down. That oh, is the buzzer. Michael was distracted oh, then by the referee. who was asking for his mouthpiece. Oh, Anderson oh, Silva is oh, convinced that this fight is over, but Herb Dean is saying it's not. Some definite damage to Michael Bisping's nose, but that does not seem to be deterring him at all. He almost seems annoyed at how that, uh, that last round ended. Oh, oh kick from Anderson Silva. Michael Bisping was wrong, but stays on his feet. Anderson Silva closes the range. Three minutes to Bisping go. Bisping is hurt. A knee from Anderson Silva. Another knee from Anderson Silva. Oh, beautiful Great inside kick turning there kick from Silva. Let us pause for a moment to reflect on this fantastic main event. For the winner, by unanimous decision, Michael Beckles! What a time that well, was. What a fight that well, was. It was. A sensational, yes. sensational fight. We've been blessed down the years of having some fantastic fights uh, in the UFC and at UFC London. But for me, as a main event, when uh, Bispin and Silver went at it a couple of years ago, that was just an unbelievable fight. At the end of the third round, Gareth, I'm sure you, it will stick with you for, for all your days. Michael Bispin out, absolutely out cold. Anderson Silver on the uh, octagon. Um, on the basically was on the octagon, wasn't he? Celebrating the the victory because not a lot of people in the arena heard the hooter at the time, um, and the fight proceeded because Michael Bispin was allowed to carry on as uh, the referee didn't deem him knocked out at that particular time. He went on obviously to win it. A sensational, sensational fight. Well, I, if you remember, the referee was Mark Goddard, and he dragged Anderson Silver off the off the ring. Um, uh, balcony of you of the octagon balcony say no no the fight's not over what are you doing um um that fight um remember bisping never lost uh, a ufc fight in the uk he never lost one and i distinctly remember michael saying to me for years and years and years um and i did the build-up with both of them 
uh, for BT Sport that, that obviously broadcast that fight on television. And I had great time with both of them. And I remember distinctly reminding Michael, he'd been telling me for years and years and years, when eventually, as he now has put on his pipe and slippers or smoked his pipe and put his slippers on at home in Orange County, he always wanted to be able to tell his children and his grandchildren that he fought Anderson Silver. He'd never have been happy if he hadn't been able to fight one of the greatest uh, martial artists of all time, mixed martial artists and martial artists of all time. And he got the opportunity and he was wonderful on the night. He demonstrated, not only did he have a, a massive array of skills, Michael Bisping, not only had he failed three times in the semi-final, if you like, to not get the world title shot and had then won the world title shot against Luke Rockhold. He showed that night against Anderson Silva with his face bloody battle, uh, battered, um, his body tired, that he has no quit in him. And as his autobiography um, dictates, the, the title of it is um, Quitters Never Win. And that was the fight that he showed there's no quit in him at all, to the point he's almost, well, he is a one-eyed man now. It's an extraordinary story. It was an incredible night. And for me, legacy-wise, that there'll be no greater victory, Adam, than for him than that fight. And he was spurred on, definitely, by the British crowd as well. No, absolutely. Um, and therefore, I, I thoroughly recommend it. I'm, I'm sure that it will be on the TV, no doubt, over the next couple of weeks or so. But if it isn't, get on YouTube, Bispin Silver. Check it out in the world of mixed martial arts. What are you going for yourself, Gareth, this week? I'm going for Judgment Day. I take you back to March the 4th, 2006 in Manchester. It was the uh, super middleweight WBO, IBF and the Ring Magazine titles. And it was the, the Italian Dragon... Joe Calzaghi, uh, who was up against um, the coming IBF champion, American Jeff Leftook Lacey, who was seen at the time, um, Gary Shaw trumpeting him, as his promoter Gary Shaw trumpeting him as the super middleweight, um, most akin to Mike Tyson in terms of style. He was a dangerous, aggressive, powerful, muscular fighter who threw horrific hooks and, and came undefeated 21-0 um, from St. Petersburg, Florida. Joe Calzaghi had had a broken hand going into that fight. Yet that night, he danced and he punched and he just smoked the guy. It was a one-sided meltdown for Jeff Lacey and he was never the same again. Joe Calzaghi hit him again and again and again and again. It was an extraordinary uh, performance. The 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 for me, um, and I know I, I I remember the fight vividly because I remember that that when the proceedings were all over and the press conference was was over, it's kind of one in the morning. I went back. Um, I was staying in a, in a in a hotel suite called the Johnny Cash Suite at the time. I remember it distinctly. Big parquet floor. I really needed Oasis to come and have a have a have a party there with me afterwards. It was such a big room. But I sat there and I could not sleep. I had so much adrenaline. I wrote a thousand word piece. I filed it to the Telegraph. I drove back home to the south of England. Got back at about seven in the morning. I didn't sleep till Tuesday, Adam. Um, I was so entranced. Um, yeah. If there's a performance that you can pick out from the great, and he is a great, Joe Calzaghi. I can't think of another British boxer who won two ring magazine titles at light heavyweight and super middleweight. 
it was a performance that Nureyev would have been proud of as a ballet dancer. It was that kind of performance. It was an extraordinary night. Do you remember it? Sensational. The thing that I remember the most about it, you just alluded to it there, is that uh, because of the American audience, they made us wait till, what was it, two, three in the morning before these boys ended up getting into the ring. It was it was quite awkward. In fact, if you remember when uh, Michael Bispin fought Dan Henderson, they did a very similar thing, didn't they, in Manchester? But the first time that I experienced that uh, was, uh, well, the first time was Ricky and Costa Zoo, and then obviously this one where... Mm-hmm. Uh, they made us wait till two, three o'clock in the morning. But what a performance from Joe Calzaghe. An absolutely sensational performance. The well, the noise that they were making about Jeff Lacey coming into this fight was unreal, wasn't it? And he just put on an absolute masterclass that evening. Well, we'll have a little listen because I think Ed Huntley, our, our producer, has put together a little audio package on this. Live from Manchester, England... It's showtime! To this point, two invincible world champions with a combined 61 wins and 48 knockouts. Calzaghe, a fast starter. Lacey, generally more deliberate. That's a heavy right to the midsection by Jeff Lacey. Great uppercut by Joe Calzaghe. I think he got Lacey's attention with that uppercut. I think he heard it. Lacey a little shaky. Here in the opening round of the countering by Calzaghe. And again, Lacey with Calzaghe on the ropes, but it's Calzaghe getting the better of the two. The hand speed of Joe Calzaghe has been overwhelming. Look at that. Did you hear that? Crunching, cracking punches to the side of Lacey's head. This is about as sharp as Joe Calzaghe can be. We've seen some of this before, certainly from him, but honestly, he's put together one of the best performances of his career. He's got Lacey in trouble in the corner. Crowd exhorting Calzaghe. Lacey off balance, stumbled momentarily. A windmill by Calzaghe, what a barrage. Non-stop attack, relentless. Instead of playing it safe, he's trying to build a legacy and go after Jeff Lacey. He will not let Lacey breathe, and Lacey goes down for the first time in his career. At 3.15 in the morning, Manchester time, it's all Joe Calzaghe with a very emotional moment. As he drops to his back, it's hugged by his father, trainer Enzo. Oh. We've had oh. some great, we've had some great fighters from Great Britain, some some absolute belters. Oh. But to retire undefeated with um, the resume that Joe Calzaghe's got, you look at down some of those names that he has fought. My word, there's been some absolute bangers on there, hasn't there? I mean, he's got to be right up there in the top one, two, three, surely. Definitely, no question about it. Um, retired undefeated, um, yes. Um, Roy Jones Jr., his last fight, wasn't Jones wasn't at the peak of his powers then, but Joe went down in the first round, uh, was there that night at Madison Square Garden, uh, 2009, I think it was. But the year before, against Bernard Hopkins, will live long in my memory, promoted by Frank Warren, Bernard Hopkins and Joe Calzaghe. Listen, I spoke to Joe in the week because I knew we were doing this, had a quick chat to him, had a quick catch-up with him. We've always been friends. Um, he is truly... One of the, do you know what it was about him? He always, when, when he got hit, he hit back. He always he was always there to fight. 
He was always there to entertain. The fight in uh, in, in Cardiff against um, against uh, Mikel Kessler was extraordinary. Yes. He was behind in that fight after four or five rounds. The Eubank came fight. Back. The Eubank he, fights are good in as well. U, well. Well, that's 97, Adam. That's yeah. right at the beginning of his career. Yeah, Put yeah, Eubank yeah. on his backside early in the fight. And, mm. and uh, no, it's an extraordinary career. Um, Joe's lost both his parents in the last couple of years. And, and you know, he's going through what we're all going through at the moment in isolation in, in Newbridge. And, um, you know, it was lovely to talk to him this week and just reminisce about that fight. Because genuinely, that Lacey fight for me... For, for some reason, it was slightly earlier in his career, and it it didn't, you know, Lacey wasn't the name of Hopkins uh, or, or or Roy Jones Jr. But my word, what a night! It was incredible, and he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant boxer, one of our great modern boxers. So there you have it. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. We will be back next week. Eight o'clock is our new time at the moment whilst the coronavirus affects the world of football and the world of all other sports here on TalkSport. But you can obviously get all your stuff from us via iTunes. Hit subscribe on there. You're looking for Fight Night and the Android feed is available on our website, TalkSport.com. Myself and Gareth, we'll catch you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.